Hello everyone, welcome to the Arsonics podcast um, on Friday night. It's a really unusual time for us to be recording, but we really wanted to record an episode after the Tottenham game, which was yesterday. Um, well, I think we did really want to record and it, it feels... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were so excited to plan a recording after the North London derby. Um, we like really desperately wanted to fit something in. None of us have gone out on a Friday night because we wanted to <laughs> to do this recording. But look, we're drinking anyway. But um, uh, it's a re- it's it's weird because it's probably one of the hardest kind of post game days for Arsenal fans around the world this season. You know, probably say um, going to the North London derby, losing three, not getting absolutely, let's be honest, getting absolutely annihilated um, at such a crucial time of the season. But listen, before we go into it, I've got Aaron in here. I've got Myers with me. Um, we're going to take you through this evening. Uh, I, I say that you may be listening to this at any point in the day. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, Myers, Aaron, how's it going, guys? Been better. Yeah. <laughs> Been better, but yeah, we're here. <laughs> that's about it still kicking do we have to do this can we just I don't, I don't know can we just talk about something else instead well, like something completely different like not even football <laughs> yeah well let's, let's talk about man united <laughs> yeah <laughs> that might be fun i mean we didn't prepare for it but you know no. i think we've got probably got about a few hours worth of content at least um <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 do you know what right let's be serious it's a good way of remembering that everything is relative, you know. We could be Man United. We could be, United. We could be the Man United holics. That's, that's the thing. So remember, <laughs> just remember, if anyone, if anyone, all of you out there, like, listen, if you need a bit of cheering up, just remember, like, we could be Man United. And this season, that is a very bad thing. You'd rather be us than, than Man United. Look, we're still fourth place. We're the team in fourth place. Uh, our future is in our hands still. But um, we need to reflect on a really poor day. And, and let's try and do it in the most painless way. Look, uh, Mize and I were very lucky, regardless of the result, we were very lucky to get tickets to the game. We were at the game. Um, it was a, quite a long journey for me, and I had completely forgotten how disgusting <laughs> some <laughs> Seven Sisters. Oh, my God, that area is all, it's just horrible. It's like it's genuinely deprived. I, t- I think I, I messaged you guys, didn't I? I said, like, when I got there, I felt like if there was a charity box here that just contributed to the like <laughs> to this area, I would have done it. It's, it's mad as well because it's <laughs> I don't know how far it actually is away from our ground or yeah, our ground. But it's what it's like a couple of is it a couple of miles? Yeah, like we're the posh part of North London. Yeah, much like nicer. And then no, but even, to be fair, even when you walk down yeah. Holloway Road, there are, I mean, it's it's nice, but I can imagine when it's not a match day, it's probably not that great. Like there's some nice restaurants yeah. and stuff, but it's probably not the nicest place. No, not but, at all. Um, yeah. It's, no, it's a bit, it's gentrified now, that part of London. Mm. Right. But the, although I've heard Tottenham's quite hipster nowadays. Where we went. <laughs> hey, no, like Seven Sisters is awful. And then when you, you're getting to White Hart Lane itself, at White Hart Lane Station, it's called White Hart Lane. Was it Tottenham yeah. Hospital Station? I don't know. Whatever, White whatever it is. White Hart Lane. Yeah. White Hart Lane. So, that is crap, man. It's terrible. It's got this like, be- like, let's be honest, like it's a beautiful stadium, even on the outside and the inside, whatever, but the outside as well. It's like a great new structure in the middle of just complete like <laughs> decrepit like it, like honestly it's fully it's like, i can't stress if no one if you, if you've been there you know what i'm talking about anyone listening if you haven't like honestly it's just ghetto it's like do you know what it reminds me of a little bit has anyone seen the wire no 
Yeah, but yeah, do you know, like when they go to, you know, in Baltimore, you know, like that whole storyline where they like they have those two streets where they legalize drug selling so they can kind of control <laughs> yeah. crime. Right? T- it's like that. I told you, it's where they shot a few scenes from Top Boy. Were you joking? Were you being serious? No, I was joking, but he's oh, okay. listening. <laughs> <laughs> right, I thought, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's it like terrible. And, um, you know, like clearly there was a lot of atmosphere building up to the game, got, got in the stadium, like, Hey, all the Arsenal fans were in a pretty good place in the stadium right at the beginning, weren't they, Mice? Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, always, always um, bouncing away games <clears throat> helped. That it was a, it was an evening kickoff. Obviously, I'm guessing a lot of people. Um, me and you didn't get a chance to. We were working, but a lot of people would have gone to the pubs down Central, um, Islington, etc., and um, would have definitely had a few. But yeah, it was bouncing even more so, obviously, because it was North London derby. And I think the general mood amongst fans that like we we spoke to a few fans just uh, that you know randomly spoke to a few fans in the queue for a beer and stuff and every everyone was I don't think there was anyone that was like oh this is going to be a tough game oh I'm not sure about this one everyone was like it's going to be high scoring we're going to come out um I can't see us losing like that was a general feel um so yeah um yeah just for what actually happened during the game uh yeah complete complete opposite really yeah and you know like it's, it's probably worth saying right that to a certain extent because I know before the game, there was a lot of people who I spoke to who weren't Arsenal fans who were just like, oh my God, you guys are going to get rolled over. Actually, m- most most non-Arsenal fans I spoke to didn't think Arsenal were going to win at, at, at while late. Um, now, like I think a lot of the optimism from our fans, I wouldn't say necessarily it came from an incredibly biased perspective because if you look at the form table, the only team that were in be- the only two teams in better form than us were Liverpool and Man City. We, lost our, we won our last four games on the bounce, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't like we, you know, we were coming into this and being optimistic for no reason at all, right? Um, but, but geez, I, I mean, we didn't start off like a team that has won four games in a row, did we? I mean, Aaron and like... Well, well, you say that, but the actual... The first five minutes, we, we started off really well. And this is what people forget, because within those first five minutes, there was a period where I think... I don't know how it sounded on the gra- in the ground, but on TV, there, I can't remember what happened, but there was we were pressing them really well and then they went back to Lloris and then some of the Spurs fans were booing oh, yeah, for going yeah, back. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. I do, do you remember yeah, that? I, I do remember that. Um, okay. And I was like, oh, this is this is all right. <laughs> um, seems like a distant memory now, but yeah, like what happened after that? I mean, just thinking about it makes me a bit sad. Because <laughs> um, it, it, it was like an it, explosion. It was like a like a few things just happened in very quick succession. Yeah, and I mean, should we should we work through it in order? Because otherwise, I'm just going to rant and complain and be upset. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, a certain yeah. extent, mate. Like at the end of the day, we'll, you know, if we if we can almost clump some of it together when we analyze it, right? Because you know, we we had the, we, there was the early exchanges which we've just sort of discussed, which actually, even though I didn't personally didn't think that we were that great well i don't think we were that bad either in fairness at the beginning and i think it was kind of toe-to-toe and then that penalty instant happens yeah from from Correct. from where we were sitting um it was very hard to tell you know like it's hard to tell like how um you know, whether there was contact whether it was whatever but what was easy to tell was that the referee immediately had zero hesitation and went basically signaled with his elbow and kind of gave the penalty. But, um, you know, you're the one who watched it at home. What was your reaction watching it at home? I didn't, I didn't think it was a penalty. I still don't think it's a penalty. Well, when I say I don't think it's a penalty, 
I can see why the referee gave, but I don't think, you know, the referee made a, like a howling error, but it's the type of thing. I'll put it this way. If that was, um, don't say Xhaka. Yeah. What's it called? No, if that was someone like, like, like a Tottenham defender, like Romero, whoever was playing yesterday on Eddie and Ketia, I don't think that gets given. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, I don't think I think you you do that. That probably happens eight or nine times in a like in a game or something, and it doesn't really get given. I think it was clumsy by Cedric, and I think he the fact that he didn't really go for the ball in any way was a bit stupid. And why he didn't he didn't really he was he wasn't really in the right position. He didn't challenge, and that made it look worse than it was. But I still think it was very very soft. Put it this way: If the referee doesn't give it, I don't think VAR says that's a penalty. So that, in a general point, right? My, I don't know if you you agree with me on this. I don't know if you saw. This. So I tweeted. I was exchanging tweets with someone before the game, and they had said they basically alluded to the fact that they thought that you know the officials were going to purposely, almost maliciously, screw us over. Mm. And and what I said was, <clears throat> I think what's genuinely plausible is that the officials will go into this game knowing that if there's a 50-50 and if they give a 50-50 decision Arsenal's way and if Arsenal go on to win the game, then top four is over. So if they've made a mistake, if the referee's made a mistake in that situation, Mm. top four is over and that has big ramifications. But a 50-50 that could go in Tottenham's favour and if Tottenham win the game, well, it doesn't have ultimate ramifications for this season. There's still a lot to play for. So I sort of thought, actually, will we just see 50-50s all generally go towards Tottenham because actually the repercussions are smaller? Mm-hmm. Do you think that there was any evidence of that during this game? So my take on it is being at the game, obviously you don't, I can't remember seeing replays of anything during the game really apart from the goals. Um, but the feeling between, amongst the Arsenal fans uh, in the away end was that the referee was, was, was kind of doing us dirty. A lot of the, you know, when Rob, like the Rob holding fouls, again, just watching it live at the game with no replays, they looked pretty kind of, it looked like he was giving everything Son's way. The penalty, like you say, Raj, we couldn't really tell. And it looked very soft. There was no obvious kind of foul when we first saw it. Um, And that's kind of the, that's like the feeling that I had during the game and until I got home and then I watched as much as I could of the first half back and the, the key incidents. And to be fair, I, I'm i not sure necessarily about the 50-50s, but in terms of those main, main incidents, the, the main talking points, the penalty, the, the Rob holding um, fouls, um, which we're going to get onto in his two yellow cards, and especially the penalty. I, To be fair, I personally think that, that that's a penalty. Um, I, I know what people are saying. I know people are saying it's soft, but to be honest, I think they're the kinds of penalties that should be given more often. Hence why they're being, cons- it's being considered a soft penalty just because no one ever gets them, but it's not- Yeah, but that does. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'll carry on. Well, well, because the re- so the reason I say that it should be, I think it's a, f- I think it's a fair penalty to give. And I think he's actually made the right decision. And the reason they didn't overturn it, I know it's very unlikely they would have overturned it, but the reason they didn't overturn it when they looked at it is because, the the flight if you watch the flight of the ball and you see where son is he's basically in line and he's jumping and he's going to make connection with the ball i don't know how far out he was not very far out at all he's pretty much right like a couple of yards from goal whatever 
And I think Cedric sees that. He's out of position and he tries to do that thing that all defenders do, which which Gary Neville said in the commentary, right? He says he said, you know, if you're if you're jumping with an attacker and you're both and one and the defender looks like he's going for the ball, but he just sort of nudges like just nudges ever so ever so slightly nudges the attacker out of the way or just give makes enough contact so it's it's very very slight and subtle but it does enough just to put them off that's not a foul what cedric does is he lets son jump probably realizes a bit too late that son's going to basically score and he tries to tries to kind of disguise i, I think i think anyway he's tried to disguise a uh, he's tried to disguise a foul um not a foul, but he's tried to disguise it as much as possible, sorry. Um, and he just hasn't done a very good job of it. And obviously he doesn't get off the ground and he essentially just like, he just go, he just knocks him over. And I think if you're Son in that situation, like if that was Inketu in that situation, or if that was Lacazette or any any Arsenal attacking player, Martinelli, I'd be screaming for them to go down. I'd be just like, you've been, you've been like, there's contact. It might be light. It might not be much, but you're basically giving Son the opportunity to just, go down and it was I mean look Aaron and the point you made about the fact that it was at their ground of course that's going to have an influence and of course it was you saw you could see from the camera angle where you see uh the view of the ref the view of Tierney you know he's looking at the incident and directly behind that is a, a wall of Spurs fans all jumping up and appealing yeah. for the same thing and I'm not saying that should influence him but of course it's going it to influence does, him yeah. of course it does right so, no, I agree I think what you said Raj I don't think that I honestly don't think refs are smart enough to like work through their decisions in terms of the impact. But I do think that the atmosphere got to him and got to the referee. And it, it does, right? It's a home advantage. They made it loud, fair play to them. But that, I think you need a strong ref to not let that get to you. Um, and I think it probably did get to him in that situation where... I don't think so. Yeah, like, yeah, I think... I think it's a 50-50, but like you said, Miles, it doesn't get given most. But they should. Time. That's what I'm saying. They should because, they because should. He, yeah, he's going to score. He's going to score. So how can it not be a penalty? I don't think he was going to score, what? though. I don't think but he's he going to make contact with the ball. I don't I think he'd... I don't think he was going to make... I think he was almost like on his way back down when Cedric no, made the contact. Like I, He wasn't like he was on the way up and then Cedric took well, him out. I if, think okay, put it this way. If Cedric doesn't do anything, what's stopping him from heading that ball into... Or at least on target. Maybe it doesn't go in or, or, I think, or towards the goal. Maybe he doesn't hit the target. I need to say it again, but the way I saw it was that he looked like he was mistiming his jump anyway. And I don't think he was connecting, at least not cleanly with that ball. He might get a flick on, it might get a deflection, whatever, right? But you're right. It, like By the letter of the law, it... He stopped him from getting the ball, well, right? And so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. That's what I mean. I, I'm saying I agree with you on that yeah. bit. But he was on the way. He was on the way down. I think you could argue if he was going to make decent contact with the ball. And again, I don't think that's irrelevant. That's relevant in terms of saying if it's a foul or not. I'm just saying I don't think he would have scored. Um, but my main point is it doesn't get given. That's not but, given nine times but, out of but, ten. So he's decided yeah. then. I'm going to give that foul today. I look, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not denying that. Of course, that atmosphere, that crowd would have had an uh, an effect on the decision. 100, percent of course, right? But I don't. Looking back on it and seeing quite a few replays, I don't think it was an unfair decision to give because I think the contact is strong enough that it's basically deemed a foul. I think if that happens again, it's that typical thing. If it happens anywhere else on the pitch, that is a foul. 100. percent Two players go. One player goes up for a header. The other player just kind of. I don't know what you'd even call it. Just kind of gives them a shove in the back even if it's a you know fairly light it's still and if it knocks the player off balance and they go flying to the ground it's a foul 
I think the only reason Son doesn't actually fall to the ground straight away is because then Rob Holding comes from the other side and almost stops him from falling over. And then Rob Holding kind of completely accidentally, but kind of goes into him as well. And I think otherwise, if it was just Son and Cedric in that situation, all you're going to see is Cedric just go into his back and he's just going to fall over. And it pl- probably makes it even more blatant, to be honest. For me, it's it's absolute, like, I, I, obviously I'm completely biased towards Arsenal, right? In what, as we all, all three of us are. But I think if you take your Arsenal hat off, I don't, I don't see how... Uh, I don't see how you can not call that a pen um, if I'm well, being... Well, well, quite often when people say, when people call things a soft penalty, like really actually, you know, they're not saying that it's definitely not a penalty. They're saying kind of a soft penalty is something that they're like, oh, all right, look, technically it's a, a pen, but whatever. And it felt like that was the general but, consensus. But do, do, you know what it, like, do you know what it is? Mate? Sorry, yeah. sorry. So I would say it would be different if it was a corner yeah. and there's, I don't know, whatever... 13, 14 players in the box, whatever, right? And they're all around, they're all in the same area. The ball floats in. It's not really going to anyone specific, but it's coming yeah. into that area. And then uh, Ben White or Gabriel kind of nudge an attacker and they go to the ground. Like not nudge, but, you know, slightly ease them, ease them away. That's not really, I wouldn't say that would be given as a foul most of the time unless it's really obvious, just like shoved him completely because he's essentially not stopping the player, not stopping the Spurs player from scoring, if that makes sense. This situation, for me, I'm sorry, it's, this is like, Son is a quality player. I don't think there's any doubt for me that he's, okay, there obviously is doubt because we don't, we'll never know, but chances are he's probably going to head the ball and chances are he's probably going to score. And the only thing that stopped him from doing that is Cedric. I don't, like, there's no, there's no other reason for him. Why, would he, why else would he, I don't see why else he would go down. If he could still make the header... Which yeah. is a, I, I guess what Aaron is saying is like, no, no I, I don't think eight. Yeah, go on, no, I was go on. Just, well, I was talking to Rob. I was saying, I thought the, yeah. the only bit of debate that you're having is from your recollection, he's on his way down, therefore, he's already had the chance to make the header. And he, mm, I don't, ha- I hasn't from, done that. I don't, okay, I don't, yeah, I, I agree, like, yeah, that, but that's, yeah, I think that I, was, I don't think he's scoring, but I think that's irrelevant. So, do you think if it was down the other end, yeah, and that happens to one of our players, you wouldn't be losing your shit that we haven't got a penalty for that? It doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't matter if what I would be losing my shit or not. I don't think the referee is giving it. No, 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 no. But what is think, it? Do you I think, think the referee? Okay, say so at the Emirates. Then do you think that should? I mean, it doesn't really matter what ground it's in. Do you not think that should be given as a penalty? If if I, if if I don't know, I'm trying to think. Anyone? Uh, yeah, Enketi is at the far post. He's a. I think he's about to head the ball in, and someone just basically like shoves him in the back. It's not like a shove, shove, but it's strong enough for them to fall over. And Enketi just goes to the ground, and he gets nothing. Do you not? But I guess you can't disaggregate the consistency from it, Mars. Like you say, you're basically saying it's something that you think should be given more often and doesn't get given like that, you know, that often necessarily. Mm. But I guess the point is because it's not given that often. But that's what I'm saying. You know, but 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 yeah, I think the ref- it should referees be given made a call. Said, "Here go. I'm going to give that today." I don't and- think so, mate. I think I don't know. I, I I'm not denying that, of course, that atmosphere and that crowd and the fact that it was, you know, yeah, whatever. All of that will play a part. It always does play a part, right? If you, that's right. why, yeah, Man United probably get more yeah. decisions at home or they used to than you know um, other teams, and and of course, but I I don't dispute that as a penalty. I to be honest, I have no issues with them giving that. For me, the fault lies with with Cedric, and I think to be honest, the. I'm trying to think if it was that goal. It was the Harry Kane one, um, the the header at the back post. But I remember watching it and thinking Gabriel and Holding were quite poor. And I think it might have been the penalty. But anyway, that's separate. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's probably. I mean, look. Um, do you think? I mean, I mean, she's been debating a lot about the penalty. Do you think there's any debate about the yellow cards that Holding got before he got sent off? No. <laughs> that was easy. At, at <laughs> Next <the> time, topic. <laughs> yeah. No. no. 
at at the time I was like at the start, I just remember like I remember like he got in a scuffle and then he kind of got away with it. And the first time I thought of it, I was like, like Son, like it, it looked like um, Holding was kind of going after Son. And I was like, why are you doing that? Like the one player or two players on the pitch, like probably the two players in the league who are going to exaggerate every bit of contact and turn even a half foul into like a massive, like 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 a massive two-footed tackle um, are Son and Kane. And for some reason, Rob Holding said, I'm going to like have a go at Son. And then he didn't calm down. And then I think it was two or three. And actually the, the third, when he did get booked, I can't remember what it was, but I think it was probably more for accumulation of like doing it two or three times. And, you know, maybe all of them in their individuality, you'd say probably didn't warrant a yellow, but the three of doing that two or three times you did. And then the, when he, um, when he took down Son for the second, we well, didn't really take him down, but he kind of clashed with him. Uh, I was just like, I, I actually, when I first saw it, I thought this could be like a straight red. I thought he'd elbowed him. He didn't actually on replay. He didn't really like go for him, but it was kind of like he got, he realized he was in a, you know, somehow ended up in a race with Son to get the ball. Um, and then for some reason decided to just make his presence felt when he didn't need to do that. And obviously, again, like like with the Cedric thing, Son is a type of player that you give him half an inch of a foul he will make sure it's a foul. Um, now, I don't think that's diving. I think that's just the way the game is now, right? Like, and in a big game like that, you want your striker to do that, right? You want your 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 forwards to do that. And you, there are there are other players. Like, if it was the other way around, I don't think Rob Holding goes down and makes the most of these challenges because he's not as streetwise. But but just don't do that against one of the most streetwise, one of the most. Yeah, you can call it dark arts, you can call it whatever you want, but don't do that against well, quite, him because he's... Quite a question for you guys, though, then. You know, I think Arteta's generally done quite a good job, uh, particularly recently, you know, with some of these key injuries, with playing systems, which means that these squad players that come in actually aren't necessarily exposed that badly. Like, actually, they you know, seem to do a functional job in a system that he is catering towards the lineup that he has available um, but based on that, do you think, because these two instances where Rob Holding has kind of, you know, fouled Son are instances where really like it's relatively high up the pitch, isn't it? And it's, it's kind of, yeah. it, it, Holding has not got pace. Rob Holding's issue is, is pace really. And he's, if he's going to go in a race with Son, there's only going to be one winner in that, in that. So usually I think, you know, what Arteta tends to have done well is to put, players like holding in situations where they're not going to get exposed in that way. So is he to blame in some ways of, of how he set us up? Or was, do you think it was just bad discipline from the team? Uh, yeah, I think the latter, to be honest, I think, um, I mean, the uh, I, I, I don't know how much blame you can attribute to Arteta because what other defensive options do we really have? Right. Holding. Oh, and more I, from a system, you know, he's playing. He's playing I mean, I, th- I think, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, to be honest, I think, I think it's just, pretty good like like it's savvy from son right he knows who to target he's drawn time and time again those like first three fouls uh, up until he gets the yellow card he's basically just drawing holding out of position knowing that yeah like you say raj no he's got zero pace as soon as there's a runner in behind him or son runs in behind him he's got no chance and that's how he gets a second yellow pretty much right he knows he's done the ball's gone over the top son's going after it and he just cleans him out i don't think someone i don't think he was getting he's he's not running in the wrong direction it looks like but yeah 
but yeah, I, I can, yeah. So, and, and I think it was more of an individual, like just a poor individual performance. And it was really weird because obviously he's not like a, he's not one of the younger players, right? Um, and he's got pr- plenty of experience. He's played in North London derbies before. He's played in big games before. Um, he's kind of like the guy that we bring in to shore up the defence in a, in a lot of situations and a lot of games. And he obviously didn't, he didn't do that uh, last night. And yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I I wouldn't necessarily put it. I don't. I don't think you can put it down to um, to the system. To be honest, I think, and I think as well with the ref. Like I know we were just talking about the ref, and not to like um, to dwell on it, but um, I think that the way he handled the holding situation showed quite a lot of control over the game because he probably, I mean, look, they they potentially could have been soft yellow cards, the first couple, if he had given it for one of the first couple of challenges, but he kind of gave holding a couple of chances. He could have easily kind of succumbed to, again, the crowd, the pressure, the atmosphere. He didn't. He waited, gave him the third one. Obviously, would have give, that's, the, that's your warning. Yeah, he's given him a warning. Then he's given the yellow card. So, you know, I just think it's a bit of kind of, stupidity I'm not really sure why he was so kind of amped up I mean I know why he's amped up for a North London derby but you've got a you've got like we had to we had to have 11 men on the pitch yesterday we had to absolutely have like that was just the bare minimum and this like red card issue this season I know like we feel like we've been hard done by not just this season under Arteta and I know there's stats going around I saw one like Burnley have committed like 900 fouls per, per red card and ours is whatever it is like a fraction of that yeah. and fair enough there's obviously something but at the same time like I don't know I'm not sure exactly what happened with the Rob Holding it only really seemed to be him to be honest that that was that that was kind of getting himself in this, into these situations but I think it's just very good play from Son as well because he knows he knows he probably knew who to target um yeah Aaron it'll, get, it'll be good to get your take on this because one thing that was kind of I during after holding got sent off i think it was the second half at this point i'd looked on my phone went on twitter and there was this video clip that was circulating on twitter of son and and holding in a little bundle like on on the pitch and, yeah. and son kind I of think that was the second foul that holding made well, or the well second... no so at this point it's nil nil yeah right so so apparently at nil nil yeah the me... second foul before oh, he okay, got booked okay. it for the first yellow card okay, yeah. so nil nil tell 10 minutes gone you know everything to play for 11 v, v 11 they're on the pitch and it really looks from that kind of replay that seemingly was going around that Son deliberately elbows holding in the yeah. face when they're on the ground. Was that on Sky or, you know, obviously they showed it on Sky, it, Sky Sports in, in the UK. Was that, was that on Sky and did they talk about it and what did they say about it? No, they didn't talk about it. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen on social media, like the reaction to the coverage, which I thought was like, I'm, I'm generally not one to accuse commentators of bias, but I genuinely felt like it was watching Spurs fan TV last night with commentary anyway. And we can talk about why later on, but no, they didn't show it. They kind of briefly talked about it. And then I think Gary Neville very quickly dismissed it. Um, Why did he dismiss it? What did he he say? What was the rationale? I can't remember. He said like, oh, and then he just didn't really say anything about like if it was an elbow. And I think this is a perfect example of one that you need to be streetwise. If that was the other way around, I think someone's rolling halfway off the pitch like he's been shot mm. but rob holding has just kind of taken it and been like oh he's tried to elbow me <laughs> yeah, yeah um let's get on with the game um and no it's not just rob holding that'll do that i can see most of our players doing that um except maybe lacazette <laughs> lacazette if he if that happened lacazette, oh, he'd be screaming in pain right <laughs> yeah exactly but um yeah and you just 
it is really disappointing from holding not just the elbow but just how he lacked experience for that whole bit of play and yeah it was I was very worried when I started seeing Rob Holding get drawn out to like almost a halfway line at points to deal with Son because yeah Rob Holding is the the penalty box guy the one you want rooted on the penalty box dealing with the headers um yeah five at the back all that stuff right you don't want him out chasing Son all over the pitch so I don't know part of me was like well the way Arteta reacted after the game when he was quite defensive about it all I wonder if Arteta had just told him and had a word with him and said make yourself a nuisance and then the fact that he'd been done by the ref fairly in my opinion maybe Arteta you know was feeling a bit annoyed with himself for giving him that instruction because you know, he's he's not one to get drawn into this stuff usually. I know people are talking about the FA Cup final a few years ago when he, um, I can't remember exactly what happened between him and Costa, but I remember him dealing with him quite well. But I'm just like, long story short, I think he's just cost us the game basically. Yeah, I want to, so uh, it's a general point I wanted to ask you. So, so look, I think I was really when it became apparent in the first half that Cedric and a combination of Cedric and holding were, were, have cost us the game. You know, it looked like that was, that was written in, in stone after we went two nil down. I, I was trying to be pretty reflective even at the time to think, do you know what? Actually our squad players, they've really chipped in kind of over the, particularly the back end of this season. And we're still in a shout of fourth. And that's despite these big injuries. That's despite Tommy Asu being out for like however many months. So let's not get too carried away and be annoyed at these players. But, but I, I do have to say that, you know, personally on reflection, it was the experienced players that sort of let us down, particularly the backup players that did in, in this game. And it wasn't just, I felt it wasn't just those two. I felt El Nenny, it didn't let, I, I don't think he let us down from a, he did anything bad, but I think he let us down from a, we needed a central midfielder with more to their game than El Nenny. Um, you know, in this North London derby. There were so many times where we needed a forward pass and we got one that was sort of backwards, sideways, whatever, um, not relieving any kind of pressure, nothing like that. And I think it, yeah. it was no problem for Tottenham at all. I mean, my question to you guys was, you know, was this a game where you felt our experienced squad players let us down? I think... I, I personally, I can't look past the fact that we were it we were ten for eleven for what like almost sixty sixty five minutes, and any analysis that you do when we're down to ten and two nil down and basically three nil down for a whole half is is kind of pointless um, because I think at three nil we were basically in conserve energy mode mm-hmm. and prepare for the next game mode. So anything you do after that is is you know just stay keep ten men on the pitch and don't get any more injuries when we couldn't even manage that. And then, um, I don't know. I, I think my, I think we needed, but generally I felt like in a big game like that, we needed experience. Right. And I think we have two weaknesses and I tweeted this one was the fact that we have some fantastic young players who are very inexperienced in type of games like this. And then the players who are very experienced are just not very good. Um, so yeah, we've got talent and experience, inexperience and we've got experience and then, less talent um and i think withholding i don't know if it was experience or he just yeah he just did something stupid cedric you saw that he wasn't really good enough elneny 
again, he's a type of player that you don't want when you're playing when you've got 10 men because he's a type of player that needs a bit of space and wants to run around and control things. And he can't do that when we've got 11, 10 v 11. And uh, Xhaka was moved to, to left back and couldn't really influence the game. And then you've basically got Erdegaard, Smith, I mean, Erdegaard, Martinelli, Saka and Ketia, and they're all very young players. And in an atmosphere like that, they, they struggle. I think we're being, I think we're being um, a little bit harsh though, right? Because you've got to keep in mind that, you know, we were raving about El Nenny um, before before the game, not before the game, yesterday, but the last few weeks. Um, and in that run we just went on, you know, it's not like we beat four crap teams, you know. Um, no, but I think against when you've got 10 men. Yeah, when you've got 10 men, but it's... Out, it's out. El, El Nenny's not the type of player who's going to help you in that situation. And I think that's unfair to expect him to. Like, yeah, I, don't that, I think that was a very, point. very special player yeah. that sorts you out when you've got 10 men against 11, right? That's world-class levels. And El Nenny's never going to be that guy. But to be fair... Not many players in our team. No, no, but I'm, I'm more referring to the point you made about we've got young players without experience, then we've got experienced players who are crap, but then those experienced players, or not crap, or whatever word you use, but <laughs> yeah, not very yeah. good. Um, you know, I think that's a little bit unfair because I agree they're they're probably not. You know, at the end of the day, they are squad players, right? Um, but they do bring that they do bring a level of experience, which, which is probably what we've needed. Like, Elneny came into the team against Chelsea, um, and has been in. He's been a a mainstay in the team ahead of Lukonga since then because of what he brought as an example, right? So I don't know. I, I think the 10 men thing was obviously a massive factor and yeah, and the fact that we were what a goal or two goals down by that point. But I, I personally think that start to the match, apart from the first few minutes where we were sort of competing, I guess you could say, I personally think even up until um, the penalty, <sighs> None of them really looked up for it for me. None of them really looked up for it, considering what I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, well, yeah, I, I, as in, could when you, how can I put it? So, I mean, yeah, what for what was at stake? And I like basically let me let me put it like this. I think Spurs wanted it so much more. They their players, and maybe it's just because they had to win, and we didn't have to win. Maybe that was that was the problem. Maybe they're just you're coming into the game. Each team is coming to the game two very, very different kind of mentalities and therefore their kind of approach to the game was just different like naturally. When you go into a game knowing you don't necessarily have to win it and a draw is a per- is an amazing result, maybe that got into their heads. I don't know, but when you were... I was watching Spurs and I was just like... I said to Raj, I said to you, Raj, I was like, bloody hell, they are they are pressing, they are running, they are harrying. No, but even at 11, yeah, even, at even 11, when they yeah, had 11, yeah. 11. I, I'm pretty sure if you watch the first 20 or so minutes back, I don't know when holding got sent or, um sorry, when the penalty happened, even up to the penalty, but basically the first, first part, part of the game up to 10 minutes, up to 11, uh, sorry, up to Rob holding got sent off aside from the first few minutes. Um, it just, yeah, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything that really suggested that we were ever going to be in the game. And I think the, I disagree. I what did know. you? I didn't see that. What did you? I saw. Go on. So you asked what, what I see. What, yeah, like, like what, yeah. What? what yeah, basically. I saw it. I think we started well, and then, yeah, Spurs then got back into the game because for the first six minutes they basically weren't there at all, but we still looked dangerous. Like Martinelli, especially, looked like he could get behind Sanchez time thought, and time again. I don't know. No, he was at eleven v eleven. I'm saying, and then, um, and then I just thought. Yeah, like I read a stat before the before the penalty, um, Harry Kane had one touch, um, and I don't, I don't think they look like scoring. But then, I don't but think, what, they might that, look a bit that stat tells you very little but, when it's Harry Kane. 
because Harry Kane does it. Now. Yeah, no, fine. I know, I know. It's, an ex- it's 16 minutes or whatever it was. Like, it's not... As in, if that was Eddie and Ketty, like, I'd be like, oh, shit, that's, yeah. that's not good because, we, you know, we need to get the ball forward. When it's Harry Kane, he only needs a few touches in the box and he'll probably score. No, no, fine. But I don't think they were dominating. And I'm like, mate, I think at 11, if it was 11 v 11, I think we would have given them a game. I, yeah, I, I, I would like to it, think so, but I'm, I'm basing it on what, what I saw when it was 11 v 11. I think Spurs were... I'm not saying they were necessarily better in terms of they were creating chances, opening us up. I just felt like when you watch the two team, two sets of players, sorry, go at it, it was very clear to me Spurs just wanted it a lot more. And I think I personally, I think that was down to one, the atmosphere and the crowd, them being at home and having that crowd behind them. And we haven't talked about that yet, but I think that was a massive, massive factor. And two, yeah, the fact that they knew that nothing else, nothing other than a win would be enough. They had to win the game and, I'm sure Conte just, you know, drilled that into them that there was no, no, don't, don't come back to the dressing room unless you've won the game pretty much. Like that is absolutely what he sent them out to go I, and do. Because I don't think so. I think, I just think we, I don't want to say Spurs got lucky because we, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot. I think they got a penalty uh, that was, you know, maybe you'd argue, say at least a, a little bit fortunate. Um, and then we went down to 10 men. They got a second goal. And I should also add the free kick for the second goal was definitely not a free kick. Um, was it the second goal? Um, Saturday, Saka got fouled and basically gave it the other way. Um, that was the worst decision out of the lot, is my opinion. Um, and then and then we just collapsed, right? They probably should have made it 3-0 before halftime and killed the game off um, before that. But like everyone's acting like we got absolutely battered. Yesterday. I'm not saying that we got um, battered. And yeah, there was, no, battered no, but like not you, but I think people were like, oh, Spurs came out and they dominated us. and they. But I think that even the crowd, like they were loud, but they were loud only at 1-0. And then when we had 10 men, when they knew like they had this in the back. Like, I don't, I genuinely don't think, I think before the the penalty, it was a very, very even game. Spurs had their moments. They looked bright. We had our moments. We looked bright. I think the rest of the game would have carried on like that. I think Spurs might have won. We might have won. I will never know. But I think the problem is you the, remember the, that yeah. you remember some of the big moments, and then like kind of some of the stuff that happens around those big moments. You kind of paint a picture that might that kind of pieces a few random things together. What I mean by that is, uh, uh, now, yeah, now kind of thinking back to it all and trying to kind of you know go deep into the memory bank. Like I do recall the first, say, 10 minutes being pretty even, more from a perspective that both teams were trying to feel each other out. It felt like no one was really doing that much in that first 10 minutes. There was no great chances. I do remember Martinelli getting the ball kind of, you know, towards the left doing some kind of interesting things. Um, But I remember it even concerning me kind of for the first 10 to 15 minutes that Spurs didn't have their main centre-back they didn't have like their best centre back, and that would have been a huge blow before the game. But it didn't feel like we really did anything to test that in in any way in that kind of kind of that opening spell. But but fair enough, maybe you're just feeding each other out. But that I do remember a distinct almost change, and I think it was probably around that 15 minute mark, basically the five minutes before the penalty happened, where it did feel like suddenly we were a little bit all over the place. Spurs had that kind yeah, of that energy, that momentum, and yeah. I think. And then I think that whole, from that five minutes on is what my brain really, you know, remembers, right? Is just because that from that, from then on, it, there was only one team in it after that. Yeah. And then there was a big, steep downhill dive after that point, right? Yeah. Where we just basically collapsed in the space of like, 
whatever it was. Yeah, so I do feel for Arteta a bit because I think he probably felt like, you know what, that he he would have obviously known there's going to be periods in this game where Tottenham are going to dominate. He he would he would have yeah. known that right, so he would probably have just gone okay. Do you know what? That's probably going to happen. We just suck it up or whatever. And so in that period, you probably thought, okay, Spurs still haven't really done that much. And then suddenly you concede a penalty, and it's like, oh, for God's sake, right? He, from his perspective, perhaps you know he thought that way, and then the sending off happens and and, and whatever. I think the bit that I don't agree with necessarily is something that you said before, and I, and I think we'll get onto Arteta's comments later. But I don't think that it would have been a case where he would have said to Holding, look, be a nuisance. Because I think Arteta would have known, like, Son and Kane, you know, as you guys have said, you know, talked about, they will make a meal out of it. Home advantage, referee. I think he probably would have said to the players, don't do anything dumb. Don't do anything stupid. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm just trying to rationalise yeah, yeah, Holding's yeah. behaviour because I thought it was absolutely crazy what he yeah. did. Um, there was a theory, I don't know, I'd love to know what you guys think of this, what Redknapp said. And he said... Because Ben White was on the bench, Holding was maybe feeling the pressure a bit more. I don't know about and that. But he I, almost uh, tried to like. I don't know. He knows that. his win role, the right? game he knows for us. His role. Yeah, go on, Mike. He, he knows. He I think knows yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. Basically that, right? He knows he's yeah. he's a squad player. He knows Ben White's first choice. That's not it's not a secret or anything. So it's not like I don't think there's anything Rob Holding could do apart from scoring like nine goals in a North London derby that he's going to keep his place <laughs> for the next game if Ben White's fit. Yeah. So. I don't really buy that. It, that. That's just very silly. If if that that's actually the reason, can't be. I would love to hear what he's like. What I think what, he just. It was like I think he's like. just had a. I don't know. He's just caught got caught up in. Just got caught up in the whole occasion, as it were. And uh, you, like you say, you can't rationalize it. I can't explain it. But I guess it it does it does happen sometimes, right? He's only I guess he's only human, and he's just yeah. yeah I think he's just got caught up, caught up, and maybe you know so, I don't know maybe like when you're like in a duel against the same player several times in a short space of time on the pitch, you're just constantly like, and he, he obviously knows like Son is a very very good player. He's just maybe just trying to get one over on him. Maybe he's just trying to win that tackle or kind of clean him out without getting a yellow card type of thing, but. And he then, he, but once he gets the yellow, like he's just got to be smarter. He's just got to be smarter. Like it's inexcusable. Do you do you think if Ben White was fully fit, or even if we had another centre back on the pitch, whoever it was on the bench, sorry, do you think we would have taken him off? No. Who holding after the yellow? What? Uh, yeah, yeah. After well, the yellow, it was actually going to be my question to you guys as to you know with Ben White on the bench and therefore if you apply the theory that if you're on the bench you're fit enough then you know why didn't Ben White come on earlier well I think that uh, the most logical answer is that he wasn't fit like fully fit and apparently you know he was he only just about made the bench but then but then hang on but then if Um, that's the case if you're not if you're not fully fit and you're on the bench it means that you're only going to come on an emergency situation how was that not an emergency situation? Well, yeah, this is this is kind of what I felt. Um, I it looked like he he definitely went to warm up and he went like he even kind of went back into the dressing room. It looked like what Sky showed, and then there's a clip where Arteta basically says no, and I don't know if that's to do with Ben White not coming on, but he basically then went and sat back down, and I don't know if Arteta was like let's just get to half time and then you know maybe give Ben White half time to warm up or something like that or he was like actually it's just i don't think he would have decided at one nil that the game was done and it's not worth bringing him on but 
I certainly think when it got to 2 0 and it was half time, he was like, there's no point bringing Ben White on now. I mean, they're just, just sorry, well, just on that emergency kind of situation. I mean, that could have been, that emergency situation could have been, we're one new up, there's 10 minutes to go, chuck on an extra defender, Ben White can probably give you 10 minutes, as opposed to what happened. And we need a, an unfit Ben White for, I don't know, what was it, 60, 70 minutes um, with Newcastle like three days away, where we're expecting him to be ready for that game. And we don't want to kind of... Mm impact that potentially him potentially being able to start that game and I guess once you see holding get sent off you know he's not available for Newcastle do you risk yeah. your 50 your defend your other senior centre-back who's kind of 50% fit or whatever he was knowing that he might not make it through that game and then you're left obviously we didn't know what was going to happen with Gabriel but then you're only left with Gabriel yeah I think it was the right decision um I just wonder what the logic was behind that decision it'll be it'll Um, be a genius we'll reflect on it as genius if at the end of the day we end up being able to play you know ben white for 90 minutes in our next two games and we go on and win those two games yeah or like you imagine ben white had come on and got injured yeah exactly that's what i'm saying and gabriel got injured we'd have been screwed yeah exactly so look look, and we're gonna have to touch on that topic again when we just preview our next game to be honest right um but the last question i'll ask about you know about the game is actually about the post-match so Lots have been talked about Arteta's interview. Um, he was, it, do you know, it was a Mourinho-esque interview. He used the Mourinho line. Yeah, he used the line of, but if I speak, you know, I'm in big trouble. The classic, you know, 101 <laughs> Mourinho line. Um, and and took all the kind of focus on effectively the officials, said he was so proud of his team. It was a proper Mourinho interview. Uh, was this a guy who's, actually being really really smart and tactical was he basically taking a leaf out of a lot of the top managers books who seem to want to deflect attention you know when when their team loses they they take the attention on them more than happy to take the, the flack from the, the the pundits and and then less about their team themselves or was it him just being pure emotional uh i think it's probably more of the former i think he I don't think he seriously thinks that Rob Holding shouldn't have been sent off. Um, I, and I think, you know, I think he probably is a bit annoyed about some of the decisions. Like I said, that free kick, that penalty, maybe there are a couple of half fouls here and there that we didn't get, for example. But I think it was much more around like, look, my team are in a bit of a difficult place right now. Let me take the pressure of them. Let the, you know, let the pundits discuss my post-match interview. And, you know, what he's basically what he said to the team was, I've gone in there and said, forget about it. Let's just think about it. like it's done. Move on. Yeah. Um, and I hope that's what he's I don't think it's worth like getting upset about referees in the dressing room. I don't think it's worth. I think it's just like literally this was a bit in the, in the grand scheme of things. This was a bit of a free hit. Um, like you've got one lifeline left. Like if you're going to lose it, lose it today. That's fine. But then now isn't kind of no more room for error um and that's what he's told the players and you know we we move on before we get on to um the the newcastle game and all this what it all means and all that kind of stuff probably something that myers and i really uh reluctantly had to give tottenham hotspur football club a lot of credit for was the way they designed their stadium to create the noise that they managed to do and Mice, I mean, do you want to say something about that? Because I've got to admit, like, 
and and I and I really truly feel it's got a lot to do with how the stadium was structured, but it was deafening at times, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we walked in. I think the first thing you said to me, Raj, when you saw it was the the stand opposite the copy of the what they call it the yellow wall, the Dortmund um, yeah, yeah. one tier, very steep stand. Um, that was spectacular. Well, I don't want to say spectacular. That was it that was, was pretty. It, was, it yeah. looks good. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm trying. I'm trying not to use like two words that are too too much like giving them too much of a compliment yeah it was it was it was pretty uh yeah uh it was it was not it was good it was nice and i could and um we were thinking uh, you know i've heard that the atmosphere can be good um my brother-in-law who i've said before in the pod he's a west ham fan he went to the west ham game at spurs west ham and he was raving about it and i was like mate come on it's spurs like they can't have that good of a stadium obviously we've got a relatively new stadium so i'm kind of thinking the emirates is still going to be better but yeah, uh, annoyingly, um, yeah. Th- when that pen- when they basically got the penalty, and from that point on, um, the goal celebrations, the noise for the goal celebrations was it was yeah, deafening is the perfect word. It was I couldn't actually believe how loud it was. And like you say, Raj, they've obviously designed the stadium in a way to keep the noise in. Um, whereas with the Emirates, and I'm obviously going to compare it to the Emirates. Um, you, you you what you'll notice with the Emirates is, for example, the North Bank will start a chant. It will go around, and by the time it gets to the clock end, the North Bank have finished singing it. That's not the case here. So once someone somewhere starts singing a chant, um, it gets around the ground pretty quickly, and every single fan is on their feet, and they're all singing their songs together, and it it is pretty spectacular, and it is pretty. Do you think part of it was North London derby? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm sure when they're playing like. Burnley at home on Sunday. Well, maybe not Burnley at home because they're going to be well up for that because they know a random game in the middle of the season. Yeah, it's going to be different. But I guess for those like special nights and those special games, um, you know, like we've said it when the Emirates, like, yeah, when the Emirates is rocking, which is normally for like a big game, a a big North London derby or North London derby, it's rocking. It is loud. But I think the term I basically used, um, (laughs) I think the term I used when I said, said, turned around to you, Raj, I said, this shit's all over our stadium. And maybe that was a bit in the emotion of us being 3 0 down. But, um, and and I would you know I'll probably take that back, but it was it was pretty it was very very impressive and yeah it's a bit annoying really because obviously like we say it contributed massive it must have contributed to their players putting in a pretty you know they had a pretty good game and putting a good performance and um, yeah all right is this um, Spursaholics now yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's, 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 can we move one on minute, one minute break <laughs> yeah. um, listen um, you know the the, the the weird thing about this all, guys, is like obviously it's a terrible day at the office. It's awful. Like today's been so difficult um, as an Arsenal fan, like to be beaten in this way at this crucial point in the season. But I think if you ask most Arsenal fans, if you ask most Arsenal, and I know my, I know what you say context matters, all this other stuff matters, it's true. But if you ask most of the Arsenal fans, would you have gone to having two games left of the season? and being fourth a point above Spurs when you're playing two teams who are, I don't know, 13th and 16th or whatever they are, would you take that? I think I think, I think people, Arsenal fans, would have just cried tears of joy and said they'd take it. Um, and to what extent do you think that we need to take a beat and just actually say, yeah, that is the case. We are still kind of masters of our own destiny. We just need to match... Spurs results and we go through. Um is it that simple, Mice? <laughs> uh it's obviously it's not that simple. Um it's not even the context, it's just 
when you look at the kind of shape of the squad at the moment and especially the defense, there's massive concerns there. We don't know who's going to be playing. And that's that for me, as we've discussed, and I think most Arsenal fans will say, not having Gabriel, it looks like not having Gabriel, not having holding, not having a fit Ben White, and we're going to have to throw him in, not having Tierney. That's just, uh, I, I, you know, that might be kind of one step too far in terms of how do we cope with that and are we going to be able to cope with that? Um, and yeah, look, don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not, it's not a case of, like you say, it's still in our hands and we can't, of course, of course we can beat Newcastle. Of course we can beat Everton. Like, you know, we've no doubt about it. We're in fourth place at the moment on merit and no other reason. But um, I think when you add in all of the other factors and I'm not even, you know, I'm, I'm not even factoring in Newcastle being at home and yeah, look, it, it, it is a, it is a nothing game for them in terms of their league position. But at the same time, I see no reason why they won't just be up for it just because it's it's a big game. It's on TV, Monday night football. It's St. James's Park under the lights. And I'm not, again, St. James's Park is St. James's Park. It can be pretty loud, but it, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like one of the, it, 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 well, I've just, I, I'm kind of concerned depending on how the game goes and how the game starts. If, they get an early goal and then the, the crowd get really behind them. Or if there's like a few incidents, like a few 50-50 tackles or whatever, and then their crowd gets really behind them, it might just spur them on to like potentially kind of take the game to us. Um, but yeah, my main concern is is just around like what kind of team we're going to be putting out and the kind of health of the players that we're going to be putting out. And is it just a little bit too much? Like I've basically started to mentally prepare myself for this weekend going horribly wrong because I think you have to as an Arsenal fan unfortunately I think as as confident as you want to be or could be I think you probably have to expect Spurs have been Spurs they've been Spursy this season in certain games but I think that win yesterday must like that must have given them just the biggest boost and the biggest lift and uh, they're going to go into another home game, even though Burnley are fighting for their lives. You, I, I think most people expect them to win. I expect them to win, and then the pressure just the pressure goes back on task. And now we've dropped into fifth, so we're fourth now, but we're playing second. So by the time we get around to playing, it's going to look likelihood it's going to look very, very different. And if we're fifth and we're then chasing them, and we, you know, again we have to win. I'm not sure. I do feel, I do feel like just to add as well, I do feel like, and maybe I kind of said this before, but I do feel like the players. The players caved a little bit yesterday. Maybe not caved is the right word. I feel, I feel like they felt the atmosphere and they felt the pressure a bit yesterday. And I'm worried that might be a, it might be a similar, might be a similar kind of thing on um, Monday. If things don't kind of go for us in the first sort of 30 minutes or so, yeah, concerned. Aaron, and say even if everything that Mises has said is true up to that final point, right? Um, you know, in the sense that. Newcastle it's their last home game of the season they could be up for it for that reason we've got a we're gonna have a botched back four um the North London derby didn't go our way blah 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 um you know Arsenal have sort of shown this season that like at times where they kind of look like it it's all kind of gone completely off the rails all of a sudden like a run is put together like away particularly in away games or whatever I mean, do, do, do you think it could be a case where like, Arteta has actually just got them into a mindset where they're able to say, whatever's done is done. We're playing Newcastle away from home. We win on, We win that. We beat Everton. We're in top four. We're better than Newcastle. Just sort yourselves out. Go for it. And do you think the players can respond in a, in, in a simple way? I think, 
I don't, I don't think it'll be a simple way, but I think they'll win. I think they'll respond. And look, I think basically these next two games are going to be hell for us as fans. Like, there's no, like, it's not going to be an enjoyable week next week. Um, and they're going to be close games. I don't think we'll comfortably win either of those games. I think we'll probably win by the odd goal, be that Newcastle, like, then, you know, maybe like last 10 minutes sitting back defending and it's going to be tricky with a, a makeshift back four. Like it's definitely not going to be easy. And like you said, the, the key there is for Arteta to actually succeed with this young team to just convince them that what's done is done, move on and mentally prepare them for Monday night. And I think having a couple of days is probably beneficial. And yeah. And then like I think the other thing with Spurs is when they, I really do hope they believe they're favorites now because when they are favorites, Spurs are like this underdog team and they, they perform when they're underdogs, but the minute they're favorites to do something, they just can't have the pressure. So I'm hoping Spurs go into that game on Saturday thinking they've got this in the bag and they just need to go out and smash Burnley because when they're in that situation, that's when they often fail. Um, but again, like like Thursday, when Spurs think they're the underdogs, they they don't do so. And we're probably quite similar, actually, that when we are like down and out, that's when we tend to put the runs together. Um, and we saw against, you know, that those three games against Palace, Brighton and Southampton, we were favourites. We thought we'd done it and we crumbled. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that actually us being up against it on Monday night might bring out the best in the players. And uh, because... And then it just go down to the final day and you know, that's anything, right? Like it's, we've got to hope that Everton are now out of it and hopefully they're safe and they're on the beach. Yeah. But even then, like we, we don't know. It's going to be close. It's going to be like very nervous. But ultimately, like you said, it's two wins against two bottom half teams to get in the Champions League. That's doable. And that's, that's Okay. The, the mentality thing that you said, Aaron, is I think that's the main thing, isn't it? It's, you know, how do you, how does Arteta get the team to just put this result, the North London derby, that disappointment behind you as quickly as possible? And, you know, especially the younger players, maybe the younger players, it won't affect them as much because they're just, you know, they're kind of more resilient just because they are younger naturally. And they just sort of think, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to, you know, go into the next game and do what I've been doing, like Saka and Smith Rowe and stuff. But I think the mentality thing is huge because, yeah, he, he's got to find a way, like I say, to kind of just now not just focus on the in the Newcastle game, but basically just get them back up for it and make them believe them in themselves again. And obviously, look, we've done that, right? We've done that this season at the start of the season after that run of three defeats in the, you know, uh, last month, whatever it was. So it, we've shown that we can do it. Um, but like I say, the the main concern for me is when we, we said it, right? We said it all through the season, like that back four, was working so and Ramsdale was working so well. We didn't have any injuries. Then I think Tommy Asa got injured and we kind of coped. We coped, right, with Cedric. And then Tierney got injured and we've sort of found a solution, kind of, sort of. But now once you take Ben White and Gabriel out, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. And thank God Tommy Asu's back. But that's my main worry. Um is it just going to be thank a little God he's back. Yeah, I agree. I think the back. Yeah. 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 The, the big issue out of yesterday was a Gabriel injury. Like, if we had lost and Gabriel was fit, I think it would have just been, right, job done, move on, get a, a near full, like, first team back four. And 
and then just go. But that Gabriel injury, you're right, is a big worry. I, I, I think we'll, I think we'll edge over the line, but we'll get there. I'm, I'm less, because of, okay, yeah, let's say Gabriel's injured, holding, can't play, Tierney's out, whatever. If we go in with a back four of Tavares at left back, Tommy Yasu, Ben White at centre-back and Cedric, yeah, it's botched, but you've still got players who know how to play in those positions. I'm actually less concerned if we go out with that as a back four. I'm less concerned about that than I am purely around the general confidence of the team and the general kind of ability for them to kind of go and feel like they should be just playing with confidence and, you know, control and all the rest of it. Like my bigger concern is, yeah, like it just as a unit going forward, will we kind of play with belief, etc.? Because listen, as much as, yeah, Newcastle are at home and all the rest of it, and it's their last game of the season or, or, or whatever, I think it is really hard when you when you have to almost artificially create motivation versus a team that has everything to play for. I think it is quite difficult. And I think that, you know, we will, if Arteta can just get Arsenal to play at a point where we are playing like it is a cup final, because it basically is, if he can get us playing in that way, it's very hard for, for for Newcastle to artificially create that, regardless of whether it's their last game of the season or whatever. They've just lost two games on the bounce. They've been absolutely hammered by Man City. Like, th- there shouldn't be a reason why they should match us for belief in this game. And we surely have better players. So, you know, it's going to tell us, this is going to tell us a lot about this this team. But my other big concern, actually, is I agree with what, everything that you said, Aaron, in about about the fact that Spurs have generally not done so well when they've been the favourites and they've gone into games where they're playing against like a team who are probably going to sit deep and they're going to have to break them down and, you know, whatever. You know, a lot of the points that Tottenham have lost at home this season have been kind of in these situations. My concern a little bit is because of the situation Burnley find themselves in, it might not actually be good for Burnley because a draw for Burnley might not be very good. Like Burnley still need to kind of look for wins if they're going to stay up because of what's happened with Everton. So I worry a little bit that Burnley yeah, but Leeds Leeds are now in there, right? So Leeds, Leeds are I, think, them, I think Leeds are what three points no below them, but three points behind. But they've got a game in hand, I think. Because yeah, that table it? hasn't been refreshed. I don't think that's correct. Um, this table, or is it one? Or they're on the yeah, same amount of points. So um, <laughs> yeah, so they've got the same amount of points, but Leeds that same amount of points played an extra game. Oh, Leeds have had next yeah. game. Okay, that's so. It, so, it, so, yeah, it's, okay. It's, so it's okay. But I mean, you know, a point, fine. Like a point is better than nothing, and it would mean that Burnley are one point ahead of Leeds. I just hope. Yeah, I think Le- Burnley need to come there and play for a point, and they if they sit back, sit deep. I don't. I don't, I don't think they'll get it. But you know, we're clutching. We're clutching. It would be here, awesome. Right? We are clutching. We're, it's it's going to be. I assume that Spurs are getting six miracles points. Yeah, I, yeah. I assume that. So that's, we need to do the same. same. <laughs> that's where my worry is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, look guys, I mean, what's your gut feeling on this? What 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 do we think? So, if you have to call it right now, um let's call initially the Newcastle game because yeah, that might lead the lead the witness in a way. Uh Aaron, do you think we're going to beat Newcastle? Yeah. Score? Yeah. Yeah. Score oh, like 1-0. Anything, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think it will be scrappy. It will be. We probably won't play well. They might hit the post three times, something like that. 
we'll need new underwear by the end of the game. And, you know, um, it will be um, close, but I think we'll get there. Nice. Um, so my, my, my heart is telling me, uh, my heart is telling me a very similar type of win, but my head is, my head is just saying, we're going to, I honestly think we're going to crumble and fold. And I think we might lose. So I'm going to go Newcastle. Lose. I'm going to go Newcastle win. I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm completely wrong and you guys can point the finger at me and laugh at me and say how. Last night has completely changed you. I just, honestly, I just really think the, I think losing a North London derby in that way, this is what I'm worried about. How quickly can they just move on from it? I don't know how quickly you can. And I think the the squad at the moment is just on, you know, you're starting to see the, the cracks in the squad when you don't have a squad that competes in European football. You've got a Premier League squad with sort of average players coming in and we're having to fill, fill you know, we're putting round pegs in square holes and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just, yeah, Gabriel, Gabriel's been a mainstay in the defence all season. You take him out, what does that, you know, even, it's just I a massive I like, unknown kind of how that's going to look and how we're going to... If you look if you look at the team, like who would you say is like, out? A player on form at the moment for us, like no one. I still think Odegaard was 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 decent against Spurs, but mate, he missed the chances we had. He, he missed there a were few two. Chances, yeah. I think both landed on his left foot. I could be wrong on that. And he fluffed one completely, and the other one he just. I think he fluffed both basically, and oh, disappointed. Was really disappointed, man. They were they were sort of like half, better than half chances, I would say, and didn't do anything with either. So. But he is, yeah, look, in terms of his sort of general all-round play, he's on form and Ketty is on form. There's a few players on form and no one's like absolutely flying, I would say. So it's not even that, man. It's just, you know, we've got to grind out a win. We've got to go away, grind out a win by any means necessary. And I'm just a little bit, I don't know. I think it just, I just think this, 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 that losing the North London derby the way we did and having missed, now missing two more defenders might just be too much of an ask. And Newcastle, what? Newcastle. Sorry, I was just going to say as well. Newcastle, yeah, they're wherever they are, thirteenth in the league or whatever, fourteenth. But they're they're form wise since how took over, they're like fourth or fifth or something, aren't they? Or they're pretty high up. I mean, I mean they were, but that, they yeah, lost a couple, right? They lost. They lost Liverpool and City the other day. But even so, that who who they uh, Liverpool, right? No, who beat City? Sorry, Liverpool then Liverpool, City, Liverpool yeah, than I mean, City. Okay, yeah. fine. Everyone's getting smashed by them, so you kind of take those results out of it. Well, what I really hope that Arteta is saying to the team, which I believe is 100% true, is that no one will give a shit about what just happened in the North London derby if we finish in the top four. Oh, yeah. Like, no oh, yeah. one will care. No one. It won't be part of any kind of narrative at all. Like, it'll be gone. It's done. No one cares. So, you know, the more and more you can drill that into those players' heads and the more and more you can make them realise you've just got two games against teams that you are better than, you are genuinely better than, like, you know, that's it. That's what that that should be. What it's all about. Um, look, on that basis, I'm actually going to go for a win. I I I don't know. If partly that's just because I can't bring myself to predict a loss. But I don't think I don't think like it feels like unless we genuinely crumble, like like genuinely crumble, um, which yeah, I mean it's not outside the realm of possibility, but it's not like it's against a big rival. It's not against like a massive team that per se, which I think we, we sort of have tended to sort of crumble in those kind of games. Um, I, I, you know, I still think we've got the quality and I think Arteta will prepare the team like as well as he possibly can. Um, I'm going to go for a two, one Arsenal win. 
I hope you guys are both right, and I'm horribly, deadly, completely. Put it this way: if Spurs could, Burnley could turn up, beat Spurs two 0 We could go and win on Burnley on Monday, and it's done. I'm still concerned, though, about even if we win. I am, I'm concerned about taking it to the last day if Everton have still got something to play. It should be okay. I, Leeds, Leeds are looking be. so bad at the moment that Everton they've got a game in hand as well on Leeds. So. And they've got a game midweek, haven't they, Everton as well? Yeah, they play at the weekend, then midweek. I don't know who so, to be fair, before us. But I think they've got Palace this weekend. Palace, yeah, maybe. Then... The Palace then... Mate, to be honest, I don't even know if we should, like, do we even think that far ahead? Like, no. We've got... no. Yeah. I think let's just get to Monday. Yeah. Get the win on Monday. Reassess where we are. It might be, well, I think... If we get... A... Yeah, I think... Either way, we'll probably either need to win or it'll be done, right? I think basically we're going to need to win. Wasn't there a season where we went to the last day of the season and we were all completely convinced that we were going to be yeah. wherever it was and then Tottenham completely Newcastle. randomly capitulated to Newcastle? Where we played at Everton. Was that, the, was that the season? Was that um, when Leicester won the league? Yeah. Right, and that where was Where Spurs came third in, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. third in a two-horse race. Oh, yeah. Right. I think Arteta scored that game, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know. That was Arteta's last goal that game, I think. We played Villa, maybe? I think his last goal was against Villa, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Um, look, well, well done for powering through this episode. It was not good. I'm, I'm really scared now. Just so. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, next week is going to be so difficult. Yeah, but yeah. Well, look, listen, we... Let's see. Um, Everyone, you know, the earliest you could have listened to this episode is Saturday um, and we're playing on Monday. We'll be recording on The Whistle on Monday. We plan to anyway. Uh, We're not, none of us are going to the game uh, away in Newcastle on the Monday night. We're not going away. So we will be immediately recording on The Whistle. If we don't win, that's going to be a really tough recording. (laughs) Um, But if we win, it will be pretty fun i guess like not completely like you know there's still obviously going to be a lot to play for well we'll see anyway look i'm sure um most arsenal fans are going to also be keeping a very close eye on what happens on sunday with arsenal or with um uh, tottenham and and uh burnley so um we'll i'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about either way so guys look thanks for joining and everyone thanks for listening please like share subscribe all those good things i know that's probably really low down on the agenda right now of your list of things to do and things to think about given um the arsenal situation but if you can we appreciate it so thanks everyone and um talk to you soon cheers cheers guys cheers all right